Good morning, everyone. It is August 29th, and it is 8.32 in the morning. And I am back at it, back at home, getting ready to dive into some serious work. I uh, obviously did not do any podcast while I was doing birthday weekend with the family. It just didn't work out right. Um, you know, we were all staying in kind of a, in a VRBO, a vacation rental by owner house, for those of you not in the U.S. And it was great because it had the three different rooms and all of that, and then a common living area. But so in the morning, we would all kind of be hanging out together. And that's not ideal circumstances for the podcasty thing. So, and then David and I like to have a, fairly hearty breakfast and we hadn't been organized enough to bring stuff with us so we ended up going out for breakfast both mornings which was nice because David bought me breakfast as a birthday treat and that's always a good thing I had a London fog from a what do you call it like an indie coffee shop and um it wasn't all that great. That's the thing is I always have my friends complaining at me that I shouldn't go to Starbucks so much, you know, that I should go to the indie coffee shops and that that's more virtuous and meaningful in all of these things. I'm not exactly sure of the entire rationale. Um, part of it seems to be that they enjoy the, I don't know, the delightful kitsch of the indie coffee shop and so forth. But I'm not much of one to hang in a coffee shop. I don't really want to sit there for a long time. Oh, hang on. Tea kettle's still talking. It's okay, honey. We're done. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes them so long to make a drink when, you know, that I could have gotten so much faster at Starbucks and then I don't always like the way they taste. So, there is my multi-pronged rationale. I know that that's very, very American and very, whatever, corporate of me and so forth. But I love the consistency of Starbucks. I'm looking for some of my vitamins here. I might have to do this after I'm done talking because I don't think I can... David doesn't always put things back in the right place and so it's not as automatic. So let's go check on Jackson. Oh, you know, and my homemade London fogs are really very good. If I'd been thinking, I would have taken my milk frother with me. But anyway, it was a very nice gathering. It's this gathering that we do every year with my mom and stepdad, whose birthday is August 27th, and then my aunt, whose birthday is August 26th, and her husband, my uncle Bob, and then my, and then David and me. So yeah, it was a very pleasant time together. Um, pretty low key. It's funny because you know people always ask me, "What are you going to do there?" And <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we don't do a whole lot. We walked around and looked at the shops, and we went out to lunch. And we went out to 
dinner one evening and we cooked steaks the other evening and we opened birthday presents and it was just um yeah it was a lovely excursion a good time together I got several things I got a uh, wine refrigerator so Lexi Chantal at Reading Between the Wines will be very excited to hear that I got my wine refrigerator. It holds eight bottles of wine, and now I can super cool my Prosecco. It goes down to 46 degrees. In fact, let's just check out here. We're keeping it right outside the garage door. Oh, it's down to 47. Woohoo! Yeah, this is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, my mom gave that to me, and she also gave me a new computer monitor, which is awesome. And she gave me gift certificate for Lululemon, so I can buy fancy yoga clothes. And I also got some other yoga clothes, and I got Starbucks gift certificate. You can see where I live. <laughs> and... Uh, Got a pretty shirt from my a blouse from my stepsister, and now I'm not thinking of all the things. It's always the problem when you start listing the presents, right? I'm gonna take my tea out on the patio here. Oh, except I forgot to stevia sweeten. Hmm. Well, let's see here. I can always, I guess I can do it belatedly. It never tastes the same. I'm kind of out of my groove this morning, I guess. I'm searching for a spoon. I really like it if I remember to put the stevia sweetening in with the milk as I froth it, because it tastes much better. There. Oh, and I got a new um, Bose speaker thing for my iPhone so I can play my iPhone music. That's going to be awesome. So, yeah, it was a, a lovely time together. And the altitude's a little hard on my stepdad, so I think we're going to have to really look at low altitude from here on out. That's a was a really high altitude. Even I felt it the first day. Um, it's close to 10,000 feet. So, you know, even though I live at like 7,000 feet, that was high. You can say good morning to the crows. Jackson's coming up to see what I'm doing here. Speaking of reading between the wines, one of the things I did was uh, I didn't write while I was gone. I just took that vacation off. Um but I did catch up on some businessy things. So that was really good. <laughs> Jackson's got all of these. David's been cutting weeds, and now Jackson's got all of these dead weeds hung up on his leash. <laughs> it's like a little um, dredge horse, you know, pulling stuff out of the canals. Jackson, hang on. Now he's trying to uh, trip me up. So they all get snagged in here, and then they make big knots. If we could um, harness his work for good, that would be <laughs> delightful. Have him 
plow for us or something, drag, cut down the weeds for us, put a little scythe on the end of his harness here. Okay, okay, hang on. So, but I did do some business on the car while David was driving, so that was nice. Um, and one of the things I did was an interview for reading Between the Wines on Exile of the Seas, which is out September 4th. So that's always fun because Lexi asks really good questions, thoughtful questions. And I, I like to do interviews, but I've finally told my assistant, Corrine, that I only want to do interviews if people have specific questions. Like, um, especially, and, and my, my favorite is if they've actually read the book, which I know seems to be... I don't know. I don't think that's asking a lot. But, you know, a lot of book bloggers are very busy and they read a lot and they haven't always read the book by release time, you know, even if they have an arc. Uh, and sometimes they don't like it. But I much prefer it when someone like Lexi, um, who is a thoughtful and enthusiastic reader, asks really good questions like that. So I sent that off to her. I'm not exactly sure when she's putting it up. My deadline was September 2nd. So she might be running it on release day on the 4th. And I replied to a lot of emails in the car and did a few things like that. <clears throat> I need to do some of my contest judging for Lyra's The Writer Contest. I'm just doing a couple of the first round and then most of my work will happen at the final round where we do the mentoring, uh, which is... a uh, sort of the big lure of that particular contest that um, we, me and a few other uh, published authors sort of the more famously published authors, we call ourselves celebrity authors with air quotes around it um, <laughs> because really, you know, authors are just never famous, but then what we do is we choose the final winner and then we go through and uh help them clean up their manuscript if they need to make changes and then the chapter votes on the ultimate winner and the ultimate winner gets all kinds of um, social media support from the chapter and networking and so forth <clears throat> and then uh, we of course mentor our own people as much as they wish uh, my last year's mentor winner didn't seem to want a whole lot of mentoring I didn't really hear much from her Oh, now that's much better. That did seep through. You'll all be delighted to hear that my stevia has sufficiently permeated <laughs> my drink to make it correctly sweet. So now we go into the big push on Orchid Throne, and I will try to podcast each morning. Um, it's probably going to take me the next five or six days straight to finish. Let's see, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, I'm planning to go through Monday if I have to. <laughs> Hummingbirds battling over the feeder. I decided to do out front, I don't know if I said, partly to watch Jas Jackson, who's annoyed that he was had no excursions for a couple of days there, but also the Choya out back under the grape arbor are just insane. I went out to check the hanging plant back there when we got home yesterday, and I had Choya burrs all over my shoes, so I need to get out there and like with the big push broom and eradicate the 
what the barrier that pack rat is attempting to erect. I think he thought that my absence meant that I'd abdicated the field of battle, but he is mistaken. Or she. It's probably a she. She so works so hard. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, that's a bad joke. <laughs> um... I'm trying to decide if I can say this. Well, I could tell you part of it. I've been talking with uh, my editor, Jenny, at St. Martin's about the Orchid Throne, and she was asking me for cover design ideas, and she threw a couple of ideas that she had at me, and I'm just really, really excited. I'm so happy about this. Um, yeah, I'm... I kind of want to tell you what her idea is, but I feel like that's not a good idea because, because uh, see, I paused there because I realized I repeated the word idea, and I feel like I should edit that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just not sure I should because this is very, very early stages. She's gathering ideas from me and from Agent Sarah and her own ideas, and now she'll take it to marketing, and she'll come back, you know, and... There, there's a long road ahead of us from, you know, like what marketing will say and what they'll try to do. And I still need to send her some images. But anyway, the idea that she has for it, um, I'm really excited about because it's much more dwelling on the fantasy side and less on the romance. So it will not be a clinch cover. Um, I like those just fine. The new shooting star cover is essentially a clinch cover but I'm very excited that this is going to really play on the fantasy side of things um, yeah I think it could be super cool so if you have ideas well none of you have read it never mind <laughs> not even Karina's read it she uh, very subtly asked when I said that I was going to have revisions back to Jenny in early September Karine said so does that mean there could be a copy to read soon because she gets to read stuff pretty early so, uh, yeah, so she'll get that, and it's finally finally coming about, right? We're finally getting Orchid thrown out into the world after all of this time. And, oh, and like I said, I'll be done with Arrows in the next six days. I'm planning to hit that really hard, and I think that'll work out just fine. Um, <laughs> so I'm starting now. I'm starting to think about the ending of that book. It'll work out just fine. I think I know how it's going to end. Um, this one, each of my books follows a new structure, which is part of what life as a writer is like. I think you know, even the people who pre-plot exhaustively with detailed outlines say that their stories take unexpected twists. And one of the interesting things to me is that even though I do follow the three-act structure and I kind of know where my major beats are going to be, some of the things like um, like when the couple first has sex um, varies hugely from book to book. And, you know, some of the books it's much earlier and some it's later. And I don't know if I often do it earlier to it. I don't often do it. Sorry, that's a juvenile joke. Um, I don't often have them doing the full deed until midpoint. I don't usually have it. I'm trying to think if I've ever done it 
before midpoint. And I might not. I like a long, slow build. Um, there are advantages and fun things that you can do with earlier, and now I'm thinking I should probably do that on some book. In fact, I know that a book that I have planned soon, that'll happen, um, but it's with a previously existing couple. I'm thinking with a new couple, it happens later. So anyway, Arrows of the Heart, uh, for those of you who know, it's about Karin and Zir, and Karin is you know, very determined to maintain her virginity. It's a huge point of family honor and personal pride for her. Um, so that is, she has not been quick to give up the goods, <laughs> as it were. Um, and now we're at that, past the Act 2 climax, and things have gotten very dire indeed. And I don't know when my cup... I'm going to have to find a place for them to uh, get together because I know you all will kill me <laughs> if I finish the book without them uh, doing that. Well, you know, fair enough, fair enough. I, I wouldn't want to do it either. I'm just not exactly sure when and where it's going to happen. It's one of those things like, um, oh, what was the movie? I think it was uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I don't think it was the first Indiana Jones. And it could, actually, it may have been an might be I might be entirely confused, and it's like a Van Damme movie from way back when. Anyway, there's this whole thing where they're like in the run and fight movie for you know like constant action, boom, 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 boom. You know they're gonna die, they're gonna die, they're gonna die. Oh, they barely escape, and the hero and heroine end up at like this Buddhist monastery or Tibetan monastery. Do you guys remember this movie? And they're like. All of a sudden, given this moment of peace, sort of this bubble of peace outside of time where they're given refuge and they have this beautiful room that's like all blonde wood and white sheets and blankets and they have sex and it's sort of like this, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I've liked the way it worked because I feel very strongly that and something I teach my students, especially if you build a whole lot of sexual tension and a whole lot of near misses, you know, where your couple almost are able to do it and then they can't uh, for whatever reason, usually because someone's trying to kill them or something else. But when when they are finally going to be able to do the deed and have full intercourse and really spend the time on it, then you have to cue the reader that they that they're safe, that they're not going to be interrupted this time. Um, because otherwise, and I'm sure you all have read these books too, like you start reading it and you're constantly worried throughout the whole scene that they're going to be interrupted again. And you can't settle in and enjoy it <laughs> and smoke your cigarette afterwards, as the cliche goes. Um, you need to... You need to signal that. You need to give them. And I always think of it from this movie, whatever the hell it was. Um, you need to give them this guest room at the Tibetan monastery high up on the mountain with the blonde wood and the white sheets where they can be alone together for a night. And you can see this device in movies a lot, you know, like where they uh, hole up in the expensive hotel and they're in that room together or the cabin in the woods. That's one reason why that's a good trope, although usually we talk about that as them being forced together, you know, and forced to overcome their differences. Um, but the whole... Uh, you know, finding the cabin in the woods. What was, I watched um, The Mountain Between Us, 
And I think that device occurred in that where they finally find the cabin and they have sex because, you know, like you have a bed and you're not freezing to death. Um, All of those things signal to the reader that, like, okay, they are safe and they can indulge in this thing because few things are more infuriating. Hi, Isabella. She's wondering why I'm talking. She always thinks I must be talking to her. Hi. What a nice kitty you are. Yes, what a nice kitty. (laughs) Um, Now, see, Isabel made me lose my train of thought. Oh, I'm sure you all have seen this. This happens in movies a lot, and it's really frustrating, like when the couple are running from the villain or whatever, and they just stop to have sex, or they stop to have this long kiss, and you're sort of yelling at the screen and going, No, don't stop! (laughs) Don't stop now, especially to have sex, uh, because they're not safe, right? So that's one of my things, and that's kind of been part of the deal with Karen and Zer, is that they haven't been safe, and I need to... Well, and also Karen's a determined virgin, so there's sort of a multi-pronged thing there. So I'm looking forward to finding that out, which means I'm going to stop yakking. It's been lovely to talk to you all again, and I will try to keep up over the next several days, although I can't promise to be terribly coherent as I'm... So I'll be seriously pushing that word count and might be frying my brain cells. So hope you all have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.